1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mc Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Here we go. You see the first three, 40, 39, 38. Drew Locke, Kenny Pickett, Teddy Bridgewater. How about three more? Let's begin at lucky number 37, although there's really nothing lucky about the no. number. I think it's a prime number. Is it the highest prime number? It may be the highest prime number. It's Rodney Harrison's number. That's right. But it's also Gardner Minshew's number. Yes, Gardner Not Minshew. Not the number that he wears, but he is number 37. <laughs> On your list. The guy who was the unlikely hero of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who stepped in for Nick Foles 2019 week one, broken collarbone on a touchdown pass that he threw against the chiefs in that game. In comes Minshew and Minshew was pretty good. I remember being stunned last year that the Eagles stole him for a six round pick. He's Agreed. the backup to Jalen hurts. You've got him at number 37 high praise to be a backup and to make the list because there's yeah. 32 starters and eight backup. So you have him in the top. 25% of backups. Yeah. What did you see in Minshew that puts him there?
2: Yeah. The guys, a, he's a natural at the position, you know? And when I really look at this and, and like break down, I, I have four categories that always jump into my mind. One pure physical ability, you know, the mental aspect going through reads, reading coverages, you know, the leadership aspect. What do you, what's your effect on the team? You talk about it so often. We talk about it with Brady because it's a real tangible thing. And then, Pocket presence is probably is the fourth thing that I'm always kind of keeping in my mind. Minshew has like he he's really good at three out of three out of the four there. Now the physical ability is not going to pop off the screen to you, but he makes up for it with the ability to to play the game. He is great in the pocket. He is a very good decision maker within the pocket too and moves around and makes appropriate throws like you see here. It's not always lasers, but he has great anticipation. He's got great feel for what the defense is doing and always throws the appropriate ball with pretty damn good accuracy. Let alone, yes, he has the ability to move in the pocket, make things happen and then What you saw there at the end with him talking to the fans or go back and watch the game against the New York Jets. The leadership aspect and what he brings to the field is real too. I mean, he's throwing touchdowns against the Jets and they're going up and down the field like he hasn't missed a beat and he's been playing all along. And the team's gravitating towards him and loving him and hugging him and, and everything. So he's got everything you want as far as a backup quarterback, and he's one of those backups, Mike, that we talk about a lot, where you go, man, if we got to go with him for two or three games because the starter got hurt, we're okay with that. That guy can lead the troops and, and make us feel good about it. Is he the right backup, though, on a team yeah, where – And I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Where
1: it feels like they're moving all in with Jalen Hurts. Are they at the point where they need a backup who isn't determined – to win the starting job, but is there to support and help the starter. Because those are the two different kinds of backups sure. in the NFL. The yeah. guy who knows that he's number two on the depth chart and the guy who's striving to be number one.
2: I think two very different attitudes. No, you're, you're 100% right. I think he's the perfect guy for Jalen Hurts right now. Because it's like, whoa, well, he's not too physically gifted. He's not threatening to me. But damn, he's on his game and he's good in practice every day. So I better be damn good too. Uh, that's kind of how I look at it. And then, yeah, the skill set's a little different. We know that Hurts has more of an ability to run. But Minshew, you can move him and do stuff like that, at least you know, as far as the pass game is concerned. Yeah, running the ball, that's not going to be his thing. Moving around the pocket, scrambling for five or six every now and then, that's what he does. But you know, he is a guy that's got a lot of reps in college. He's exceeded my expectations in the NFL. And no matter where he goes, Jacksonville, even last year, Trevor Lawrence, you just think about that. Anybody I talked to that has knowledge Minshew was practicing good. They knew Trevor was gonna be the starter, but Minshew, you know, has enough of something about him to where, you know, Urban Meyer for well, we might make Minshew the starter. And I don't think the team was like, Oh, that's totally crazy. Oh my gosh. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things he brings to the table, let alone, you know, good solid football player for sure. But I think Urban Meyer was trying to create a trade. Yes, market, I agree. And it, too. Never, it never agree happened. My point is just Six that you could sell teams. it. The fact that like yeah. the team wasn't going to go, whoa, that's crazy. Gardner Minshew, he stinks. No, Minshew can play. And he certainly, you know, like I said, I don't look at him as like a high quality starting quarterback ever. Really? I don't see that. But low end starter, bridge quarterback, one of the best backups in football. I think he's going to be right in that range for a long, long time. You know who I
1: think should go get him? You know who I think. We've talked about it before. One of their quarterbacks from their depth chart is behind him, at least one. The Seahawks should go get yeah,
2: him. Yeah, I hear you.
1: I hear Bring you. him back to Washington. He was a star at Washington State. I know right. he's not from there, but he played college football there, and that counts. And that would generate some excitement as they try it to would. turn the page on Russell Wilson. He's like the anti-Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson is... And 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 I, this isn't being critical because this is the vibe that he's cultivated, kind of goody goody, you know. And at the other end is Gardner Minshew, who will step up and punch you in the face and stomp on your foot and go hug his dad in the parking lot wearing his aviator jacket after the game. As Look Miles, them. as Miles Simmons said at the time, that video smells like cigarettes. <laughs> Which- <laughs> it's hilarious
2: though. He's just he's got a. He's got a personality that's infectious. He really does. That's anybody that's around him, you kind of hear that. And you know, on the field, he plays with some moxie and some toughness. He's an aggressive decision maker, even though he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. You know, and he's a guy that's continuing to go up in growth, whether it's preseason or when he got to play in the regular season last year. It all just gets better and better. Next
1: up on the list at number thirty six. Not yet high enough for a drum roll. And Definitely not high enough for another visit with Dr. Needle. It's Tyrod Taylor. Yes. The starter in LA with the Chargers, and he started in other places. And now Tyrod Taylor's still highly regarded by Chris, highly enough to be at number 36 on the list. What do you see? And, you know, I. I yeah. He automatically got benched last year for Davis Mills. I think they wanted to see what they had in sure. Mills
2: because they thought he could be the future and Tyrod Taylor clearly wasn't yeah well because we, we know what Tyrod Taylor is we, we know at this point we do now he's he can move he can run he's got a pretty good arm there's no question about that health is an issue he can't stay healthy whether it's Dr. Needle you know last year there was, you know of course the pulled hamstring Cleveland he falls hurts his wrist Baker Mayfield comes in so that that's part of this too. I mean, if you can't play, I can't you can't be like one of the top 10 quarterbacks in football if you're always out of the game. But, you know, to me again, this is a guy that's, you know, got some physical traits that can make you say wow a little bit. There's no doubt. You see here, I mean, he can push the ball down the football field. He can get outside the pocket and run for a 15-yard touchdown. But I'll say this with Tyrod Taylor as you probably have heard me say before. It's a little like Teddy Bridgewater at times where it's just too conservative. It is. There's too many plays when I go back and watch film of it and just go, man, uh, you got to throw that there. He's open. I don't know why you're taking the, the underneath throw. Or the can play a little small in the pocket. Pocket collapses, and, hey, there's a guy over the middle. It's 15 yards. He's wide open. But, oh, I, I can't see him. I got to move out of the pocket, do whatever that way. So th- I think those are the things that bother me a little bit about, like, Tyrod Taylor. I think his, his talent probably warrants him being a little higher than you know where he is at here but it's some of the other stuff that I question uh to a degree uh, that that makes him you know again one of the better backups in football but I think his days as a starting quarterback that's over Brian Dayball now the head coach of the Giants Tyrod Taylor the backup to Daniel Jones yeah I mean he's gonna he's the perfect thorn in Jones's side a little bit like we just talked about right I mean he's he's gonna open eyes at practice every day he is he's You know, he's not going to – Jones' arm is strong. Jones is fast as well, as you know, and he's big. But, yeah, he's the kind of guy that's going to push Daniel Jones. And he's a pro, and he knows where to throw the football and do all those type of things to where it's going to push him. And it's going to make Daniel Jones a better player. And if he doesn't play well enough, Tyrod Taylor is the guy that can come off the bench and play well.
1: Fifty-three career regular season starts for Tyrod Taylor. Is his winning percentage as a starter over or under – 500. Ooh,
2: Mm. that's a good one. Let me think. It's probably really, really close. I'm going to say it's a hair under, like one or two games under. It's over? A hair over. A hair over. 26, 25, and one. But
1: good. Good instincts. Yeah. Yeah. 26, 25, and one as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was a backup in Baltimore to Joe Flacco, went to Buffalo for three years, And uh, then was with Cleveland, the Chargers, and the Houston Texans last year. Um, So uh, we'll see if he gets a chance. If Daniel Jones gets injured, he's clearly the guy. And if Daniel Jones is horribly ineffective, they have a veteran they can turn to. The Texans turn to number 35 on the list. How far they have fallen. They used to have one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, not. Their starter isn't even at least number 32 on the list, which means there are multiple backups in front of Davis Mills. The third round pick out of Stanford last year who inherits the starting job. We, yeah. It's hard to, to it's know hard. what he
2: really has. Because yeah. he was the
1: quarterback of such a bad team last year.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. You know, that, that that's why I'm here. And hopefully, you know, I know plenty of people will say, Hey, you're an idiot and you're stupid. And I, I don't agree with this or that, but you know, I'm, I, I am here to be the guy that's, Hey,
1: I'm, I'll say this. I'll yeah, say this. Yeah you are not stupid i've known you for five years thank you but but you are an idiot yes okay there's that's, a difference there is a difference you're right <laughs> and that's you're a right. that's a lovable quality yeah thank yeah. you but thank you're you. not stupid thank you very except much. except yesterday except yesterday i meant to mention this earlier when when we not forget about it, just forget about it. Just keep going. You sure? You know I had a meeting. No, no. You asked a question yesterday about how we handled something during the meeting. I say, Chris, never ask that question. Yeah. If they got a problem with something, we said they'll come to yeah, us. Yeah, we right. don't have to you're volunteer. That was stupid. You're right. That was stupid. You're right. That was <laughs> yeah. stupid. Right. stupid. Classifies okay. as stupid. Yes.
2: <laughs> no doubt about it. All right. <laughs> um, but no, you know. It, it, but it is. I, hey, this is what I do, and I'll tell you when I went into this process, I didn't know exactly what to expect from Davis Mills but Davis Mills had the early season struggles, right? You know, they they, they benched him and brought Tyler Rod Taylor back. He came back. He did not play very well, you know, didn't make a lot of plays, turned the ball over, missed a lot of completions and things that I was just discussing. Davis Mills gets to get back in, and, hey, we see this a lot with young quarterbacks. It's like the game slowed down. He was way more confident of a decision-maker and player. And really, when I watched film of him at the end of the year, I just went, damn, you know what? I got to start giving this guy a little bit more respect for his physical ability. You know, he was hurt at Stanford a little bit and had a bad knee, but he's big at 6'4. And you just heard me talk about, you know, Minchu, Tyrod Taylor, not the best when the pocket collapses and stuff. You don't got to worry about that with this guy. He is big, he can throw over people, and he's not afraid to take the lump or hit because of his size if he's sitting in there. Better athlete. Then people give him credit for. That was the thing that popped out to me more than anything, too. Just moving the pocket, you know, getting outside of the pocket, making a few more throws on the run than I maybe gave him credit for. And then the decision making and the reading of the defenses really like went up two, three levels at the end of the year to where he played really good football, and I can understand why they're making him the starter and they're gonna see if they maybe caught, you know, lightning in a bottle in the middle rounds of the draft by, by drafting this kid.
1: Yeah, hey, look, he's he's uh, doing better than some of the other mid-round guys last year. We have heard nothing from Kellen Mond out of Minnesota, right. although I think that may have had something to do with the coaching staff last year. Yeah. And the drama, the back-and-forth, the push-and-pull between the front office and the coaching staff that ultimately came to a head and resulted in everybody getting fired. I feel bad for Kellen Mond. Again, he didn't pick to get himself yeah, in the spot. middle of that. Right. And the Texans were going to take him. They were going to take him before the Vikings did. So they ended up falling back to Davis Mills. So who knows what they would have in Kellen Mond to try to figure out what they have in uh, Davis Mills. Um, All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Yeah. When we return, J.R. Alexander finally got paid. Will Bengals safety Jesse Bates be the next one to get a second contract? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. I just just had a (laughs) flashback to the first game of the season last year when – the issue of Swamp Ass came up and you really <laughs> oh, I wanted, wanted to say, to say it. it. Chris, if you say Swamp Ass tonight, I will send you a $100 bill.
2: <laughs> if, I play, if I say Swamp Ass tonight, I'm going to need you to send me lots of $100 bills because <laughs> Sam will probably fire me. <laughs> 11 hours later.
1: The ball gets wet. And it's one of those things where he actually asked the center to change his pants at
0: halftime. Yes. And I'm not kidding you. Right, That, that happens. You,
1: you want a dry ball. You don't want a wet ball. I could see the look in your eye. You looked at the camera and you're thinking, swamp ass, swamp ass, swamp ass. That was funny. And it's appropriate because I got an email yesterday. I told you about this. A friend of ours who watches the show. Phrases I hope to never hear again on PFT one swamp ass two, rockets up his butt. So uh, sorry, John, you just heard both of them and uh, you're going to continue to hear them. We're
2: we're not retiring them anytime soon. No, we're definitely not. It's a real thing, especially when you buy down there in in the south in the early part of the year. Man, I mean, it's brutal. It really is. And yeah, I mean you know rockets up your butt. That's just one of the ways I try to explain how fast now guys now are. now now
1: one thing I've never heard you say is a guy's got rockets up the swamp ass. No, no. Those t- usually dude, those guys that have colliding. swamp
2: ass have lack of rocket fuel up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually there's usually a correlation for some reason. All right, uh, Jair
1: Alexander more inclined to have rockets than swamp ass, especially playing in Green Bay. He's got plenty of money now. A four year, eighty four million dollar extension, $21 million per year in new money. It's just a shade under $20 million when you take into account what he was due to make this year under his fifth-year option. However, the Packers, true to form, they and the Bengals are the only ones who still do this. No guaranteed money beyond the first year. When I got the breakdown yesterday, I texted my source and I said, are you sure that... It's all I, The only guarantee is the $30 million signing bonus, nothing else. No, that's yeah, the Packers. Oh, yeah, it's the Packers. No guarantee beyond the $30 million signing bonus. His salary for this year isn't even guaranteed, which is just kind of weird because he's going to make it. It's practically guaranteed. Yeah. But this is the way the Packers do things. They do not do any guarantees for veteran players other than quarterback beyond the first year. And even JR Alexander goes along with it. T.J. Watt. Last year in Pittsburgh, because they're one of the other teams that used yeah, to do it. it. He wasn't buying that, and right. he forced them to change it. So it's the Packers and the Bengals right now are the two who still do it, and we'll see whether or not the Steelers do it with a guy like Micah Fitzpatrick or anyone else. Whether it was a one-time thing with T.J. Watt or whether they have turned the page on that practice.
2: Yeah, it, it is an interesting practice. It is. I mean, you know, again, the way the the contract structured and everything, like you just talking about it a lot, like. The, the, you know, the first two, three years certainly seem like you're going to collect that money or that would just be a bad business move by the Green Bay Packers. But I, I don't get it. I do wonder sometimes how the players kind of like, you know, take it as well. I, because if I'm Jair Alexander, I'm at least looking at the guy that just signed a contract at a corner position at like two weeks ago, Denzel Ward, and go, he got $71 million guaranteed. I'm only going to get thirty guaranteed? If something bad happens or whatever, uh, I got to think that it's only a matter of time before somebody, you know, makes life hard on Green Bay. But good for Jair Alexander. He is one of the best corners in football. There's no question. I know he was hurt last year for a good amount of the year. But truly an island corner. Cover that guy. And he can shut him down. He's He's as good as they get. He's got a big payment
1: due early March of next year or early in the league year in March, mid-March of next year. Right. So if they would cut him to avoid that payment, he'd get $31 million for one year, and then he becomes a free agent very early. So the chances of him not getting that payment are slim, but still, guys want to have that guaranteed money. They yeah. want to know that, that they are getting that payment, they are getting that compensation, and they're not going to have to leave a team that they want to stay with, but, uh, still a good deal for him if he plays out the next five years. And you know, another thing the Packers put into this, right. You mentioned the injuries, right? He's got 650,000 per year in per game roster bonuses, right. meaning you got to be on the, on the game day roster to get the money. So if you're injured and you're out that week, you lose one seventeenth of $650,000 and that money never comes back. And that always gets factored into the base deal when people do these calculations, it's hardly guaranteed. Yeah. Especially for a guy who's missed some time. Sure. You're you're going to 17 game season, you're going to miss a game or two. (laughs) It's unlikely you're going to play all 17 and you lose that payment if you can't play. Yeah, no, you're right.
2: That's a a real thing that I think a lot of people kind of gloss over. Uh, It is definitely. Uh, The one thing too, I'll, I'll say with Green Bay, I do like what they're doing a little bit with their football team as far as I thought they had a good draft. Definitely. And Damn, you know, Mike, you, when you look at them and you go, they're defense. You just go, wow. You know, I mean, they've they got, got some guys on there right now where you go, they're kind of set up on that side of the ball here for a little while to where you start to go, they might be le- pretty legit. You know, got Jerron Reed in the offseason. Of course, they got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. We know that. But then the two Georgia guys in the first round, the first rounder from Georgia at corner last year, Stokes. He's a hell of a player, like a really damn good corner. You got Jair to go along with it. I mean, so they're they're not going to have the pressure of having to worry about Rodgers always having to carry them or make things happen. It's a team that looks like at least on paper their defense going to be able to win them some games.
1: Yeah, uh, and maybe maybe if they were doing the the hype for that Week One game. On Fox, like last week, it wouldn't be Rashawn Gary; it would be Jair Alexander. This yeah, week. you're right. Right on the on there with Aaron Rodgers and and uh, who, who's next? Let's see. Devontae Adams is gone. Who else can we put on here? Jair Alexander, and we've kind of forgotten about him because yeah. he didn't play as much last year, but he is a special talent on the back end of that defense, and the contract shows that they believe it. Now, the Bengals have a special talent in the secondary. This is a guy that you and I both noticed early in his career. You just watch those Bengals games, and he jumps off the screen. You're always looking for guys who jump off the screen. Jesse Bates does. He's franchise tagged. He hasn't signed his tender. That's his right. This is a game that the teams play to keep you from the open market. The Bengals apply the franchise tag to short-circuit the ability of Jesse Bates to become an unrestricted free agent. He has the right to not sign the tender. He reportedly Will not, or he has no plans. We know how plans can change. He has no plans to sign the franchise tag. He wants a long-term deal, and he can stay away from everything. He's not under contract. He's no more under contract right now with the Bengals than Chris or me. He can stay away from mandatory minicamp. Obviously, the off-season program is voluntary. Why would you be there? You're not under contract. Training camp, preseason, he can show up right before the start of the regular season and get his full pay, or he can sit out. I don't know why you would sit out. Le'Veon Bell. Tried that a few years ago with Pittsburgh. No, but um, you know, the last time we heard this year, a guy had no plans to sign the franchise tag. That was Devonte Adams, and he ended up getting traded. So I don't know what the Bengals are going to do here.
2: I, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes too. I, I mean, you, you said it right. He's a hell of a player. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's kamikaze at times. The way he just. Throws his body around, hits people. Here's the big picks, the pick to start the playoff game. Has no business being there. That was just totally his instincts. Reading Ryan Tannehill, doing it. Super Bowl interception, cover down the field, tackles an- amazingly quarterback of the defense. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't get it. Like what what is what is taking so long? What how much money is he asking for? I just I haven't heard rumors of that of that nature to really know or get a feel as he priced himself out. But, man, to me, he is one of the better safeties in football. Needs to be kind of paid in that type of conversation. The other interesting wrinkle, like we talked about with the draft, though, Mike, is the guy they drafted from Michigan, Dax Hill, Daxton Hill. Man, they're like the same guy. They really are. So it does – I do have points where I go, wait, are they – like if this doesn't work, will they maybe just put Dax Hill at his position and – Maybe trade Jesse Bates, do something there. I, I have wondered. That has crossed my mind. Jamal Adams is
1: the highest paid safety right now in the NFL with an average salary of $17.5 million. Jesse Bates is due to make $12.9 million this year under the franchise tag. And if he was jostling to get traded, it would have been better to have this come to a head before yeah, the draft like no it did question. for Devontae Adams. Right. And you get draft picks now if you're the Bengals. But, you know, the Bengals have a long history of using the franchise tag on a guy, keeping him for a year, and then let him walk away, not using the tag on him a second time. And um, you know Bates probably wants something more certain, something more secure, and the problem is, and and this is where the Bengals' business practice makes it very hard to sign a franchise tag player to a long-term contract. If you're not going to guarantee money beyond the first year, well, I'm just going to take my 12.9. It's already guaranteed. You got to give me something that gets me to trade in what I already have. I already have 12.9 million fully guaranteed. So you're gonna offer me a deal with with 20 million fully guaranteed and no guarantee beyond that year, beyond this year, no security beyond this year. No, see ya. No. Or you're gonna offer me something, you know, a long-term deal that pays me 13 this year and then it becomes year to year after that. No, I'll just take the 12.9. I'll just take the 12.9. And I'll become a free agent next year. I know. So, I know. Um,
2: he didn't have his best year last year. Are they holding that against him? I don't know. He came alive really at the end of the year in the playoffs. He wasn't as good, but like I, I'll echo what you, like you, you said. Jamal Adams at seventeen million. Harris, Harrison Smith at sixteen. You know, Buddha Baker at 14.7. Justin. To me, he's in that class of people. Eddie Jackson getting 14.6. Uh, I've got respect for all these guys. To me, Jesse Bates is better than Eddie Jackson at this point of his career. And he's better than Harrison Smith, really, at this point of his career. And that's no disrespect. I really love Harrison Smith. But that's where I'm a little surprised. And I got to think, yeah, that something's not being offered up to him the right way there by Cincinnati. Here's the problem for the Bengals they now have a special team. It
1: costs money to maintain a special team, and the Bengals are notoriously and historically extremely careful with their money. That is a tactful way of saying it can be a little on the cheap side. So you're going to have to let some guys go. The drafting of Daxton Hill may be everything that we need to know.
2: Maybe I know, that I know. That's
1: what know. I do wonder. And if they see if they see enough from Daxton Hill, yeah. don't rule out the possibility of rescinding the franchise tender on jesse bates and then he's a free agent far too late to go out and get a big contract with someone else that's a possibility as well it's only happened three times in the last 20 years but it could happen until he signs that tender he's at risk of having the tender rescinded and if they believe in daxton hill maybe they say we move on from jesse bates we'll see how that plays out let's go ahead and take a break nick saban had some comments about the name image and likeness revenue explosion in the nfl and he used a word that has caused plenty of people to react in a strong way to the message from Nick Saban. We'll break that down when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: Alabama coach Nick Saban is concerned that college football could lose its parity. And the obvious reaction to that is, there is parity? There is parity.
0: There was parody? Know, right. There's
1: never been parody, at least not in the last 40 years. However, let's listen carefully to what he had to say to Paul Feinbaum because that, I think, reveals what he really means by his choice of the word parody. Here he is from yesterday. Well, you know, I think one of the things that I'd like to see us be able to work back to is everything in college football has always had parody.
2: You know, same scholarship, you know, same... Academic support, healthcare, whatever it is, and um, you know, I, I don't think we have that balance right now, which could affect you know the parity of college football and co- college athletics as a whole. So,
1: um, and I know we got a lot of good people working on it, and uh, I'm sure they'll come up with a good solution for us. See, parity was not the right word there because maybe not. When you hear the right? word parity, mm-hmm. you assume you're talking about parity of results. He's talking about parity of resources. Yeah, right. And right. he 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 likes it when no one can offer anything more than anyone else from a tangible standpoint. That gives him the advantage because that's when his recruiting skills will set him apart from everyone else. He charms mom. He charms grandma. He charms everyone. And he's going to get you ready for the NFL. Let me show you the list of players I have in the NFL. I basically got a whole team of NFL players, every position. Here they are. I'll get you paid later. He knows in an era where guys can get paid now, he loses that edge. You know, he first commented on this Back in January, he said we need some kind of national legislation to control NIL. There will be an imbalance as to who dominates college football if it isn't regulated. And my reaction to that was, yeah, he won't be able to dominate the way that he used to. And people are like, oh, no, oh, no, no. He's, he's basically giving you a warning shot. You, If you let me sink my teeth into this new reality, I'll dominate even more. No, no, no. He's in Alabama, folks. The money isn't going to be there for the Alabama players the way that it will be in LA in New York in Florida you go where the money is you got to go to the places where the money is and those programs will be able to funnel more money to the players and therefore get the recruits well Nick Saban get to the NFL okay but this other program get you paid like you're already in the NFL
2: so I I don't know if I agree with you there all the way. Uh, I don't yeah,
1: know. I think I think he wants it the way that it was because he dominated the way it was. He wouldn't continue to be complaining about it if he didn't fear his ability to dominate I, I, the way that he has. One, that's how
2: I read it. Okay. All right. I, I, I listen, I am you 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 got your way of looking at it. I I, I don't think he's complaining. That's the first thing. I think he's a guy that he's constantly challenging college football and trying to make it better. I'm a little more on the other side of that, Mike. I am. I he yeah, sure, if the rules were like you're talking about, yeah, he's gonna win that. But Alabama's still got a shitload of money. I mean, they got a ton, they got big time boosters. I so and so now you're going, Wait, we're we're still one of the richest programs in college football. And now you're gonna let me cheat and throw out money and I'm gonna be the recruit and talk to grandma and grandpa and the dad and we go to the NFL and all that. I think he's warning you to go. Uh, you better watch out because if somebody else like me comes along here in the future, they are going to absolutely – there's going to be two or three teams that are just going to – I know it's already a monopoly. We know there's only like five teams as is. But I think he's trying to say it's going to be even more dominant and even more uh, one-sided, and you're going to lose some of the middle class and those type of teams that won't be able to compete with a few of these big boys. Wouldn't there be a flash of that, though, in what he's saying –
1: wouldn't it be hey if you know if these are the rules they want to keep? <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll just we'll just go out and do what we have to do. I'm sure if, he if is. this Is what you want? I'm this sure is what he is want, to a degree. I just I I interpret it as. I mean, you think about where I know. Look, all the programs are doing well. If you're in, if you're in the SEC, you're doing well. They share. Yeah, you're doing well. I, I think he understands that this new reality is over time going to create a different kind of imbalance. He benefits from the current imbalance. He's, he's cracked the code like no one else has, and he benefits from the current situation, or at least prior to 2021, where everything's equal. If everything's equal in what the players can be given, I can get all the players I need. I think he's concerned. And look, this is a guy, because you can say, well, why does he care? By the time this comes to full bloom, he's going to be dead and gone. Maybe not. Maybe this guy's going to coach until he's 90. Who knows? But he is, I think, fearful of a world where USC becomes supercharged with NIL money for players, where Miami becomes supercharged with NIL money for players. Florida State, supercharged. Florida, maybe, supercharged. The, the, the schools that are in the population centers now. Will it happen to Rutgers? They've been waiting for Rutgers to become something for years now because it's close to New York City. But it's close to New York City. It's just the amount of money you can shake from the trees, from the businesses, from the boosters. And then once you start becoming successful, that gets people to open their wallets a little bit more. I I really do think he would prefer it to be the way that it was because he had figured it out the way that it was. And at some level, when you introduce a new factor – you have to wonder whether or not you're still going to get the players that you're accustomed to getting. I don't know why. I don't know why we would think he's not concerned about any type of a change. They moved his cheese. Who moved my cheese? Remember I that know, book? but the, they the just moved is, his cheese.
2: The problem is he's so much smarter than the rest of the mice out there. So I, I just trust his ability to get through the mouse trap and get to the cheese. Then why talk about it? Why not just go get the cheese? Well, because I think he's trying to give a broader. That's where I was trying to say. I think he. I think he like. I, again, I think he cares about college football. I think he does. I think he's a little scared in which the way it's going. I. I do. I think that's the way he's looking at it. I don't doubt that he's going to figure out the new formula. And I know what you're saying with the big city markets and all of that too. But damn, you know, they're still they still got money there at Bama and last I saw I still think they're the second richest, you know, money making football program year in and year out. So, there is the, there's money to throw around there and then when you add on like what you're talking about, hey, oh, you get to know the other pros. Hey, you're in the number 1 game on TV every week. Hey, I'm gonna coach you like a pro. Hey, it's the SEC. You come down here to Alabama. We're gonna fill the stadium every week. It's gonna be eighty thousand. It's gonna be crazy. Go to Miami, and uh, when you guys play like Boston College, there's twelve people in the stands. Tell me how good the game is there. So that he's he's gonna crack the code. He's too smart. I just that's where I side with him there.
1: I I think what he's trying to do is to move the cheese back before he goes and finds the new cheese, and also and then we got to take a break the money that's being funneled into the program by the boosters now, that money's going to start to get dissipated because some of that money's going to go to the NIL. That's how the colleges are going to get get it on the back end. They're going to lose money yeah, because some of that cash that. is going to go in a different direction, right. and that, that undermines the program. Be too. nice go to your fellow
2: West Virginians. Stop picking him take apart all the time, you jerk. I mean, geez, he's
0: Nick Saban. I can't, he's we, can, we can at
1: least – okay, okay, Jill. <laughs> we can at least agree. It's my wife tells me all the time. We can at least agree he never should have used the word parody because the reaction is – It confused is, it. it. There's confused no it. parody. It confused it, yes. and there's no parody in college yeah. football. We know that, and yeah. those who are in charge – Hope to stay there. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Inspired by the news that there is a junior college transfer named General Booty. That's <laughs> amazing. Who is playing at Oklahoma. General Booty, that's his name. Let's do a draft of the all-time best football names. Not including General Booty, which it? may already do do be it? the best. I know. It
2: is. That's amazing. I, I just, I'm amazed. You know, I really am. Is General his given name or is it a nickname? I'm not sure. That's sir. I do. I'm like, I'm, I'm very intrigued
1: by it's his that. his given name. You know? Yeah. I was thinking, like, did they start calling him Captain Booty and I know, right? upgraded? Right, I right. don't know. Anyway, I go I know there's
2: so many things I could say, but I don't feel like getting fired don't. today. And I won't show <laughs> it. All right. All right. Oh, <laughs> you just said shitload. Well, that's a good word. That's not that bad. <laughs> this is going to go down perverted comments and whatever else. All right. All right, go, ahead, all right. go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I don't know how I can't just start off with Bronco Nagurski. You know, again, it's just – it's one of those names, the old Chicago Bear. It just it just smells, hears, listens like football. Bronco Nagurski running through the line against the New York Giants and running over people. Look at Bronco Nagurski. I, I just love the name, so I'm taking him first. That was one of my first ones on there, and I'm
1: glad, football historian, that you didn't get caught up in some more recent name. That Bronco Nagurski, it just screams out. Football. Yes. That just that that is football. Another one that, and this was the first one that I ever noticed was like, wow, that's an awesome football name, Dick Butkus. Yeah, right. Right. How, I mean, right? that's that's just and it's just it's unbelievable. It's I just know. Raw. It's like it meant pure to be. Right. football.
2: I'm gonna kick your ass. Yes. My name is Dick Butkus. Right. It's like he had no choice. Once they signed the birth certificate, they were like. God was like, all right, you got to play middle linebacker with that name. There's just no other form of business that anyone's going to accept you with that name. And the size of the human being and your head's the size of a sledgehammer. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Those are the top two of my my list. All right, I'm going to go a little, like, off the board into not as famous of a guy, but a great name. I mean, when you're a quarterback and your name is Chuck Long – I, that, that just, I don't know. That was one of the first <laughs> funny ones, right? Iowa, Iowa, Detroit Lions, right? His career wasn't long, and I don't think he threw that many long passes, actually. But the name itself, when you're playing quarterback, is Chuck It Long. I mean, that that's just unreal. It really is. <laughs> Mid-80s, in that era where college football was starting to morph
1: from the small handful of institutional great teams all the time. Others were getting an opportunity. Yeah. Iowa had a great year with Chuck Long as a starting quarterback. I'm, oh boy, I can go a lot of different directions here. I will go Conrad Dobler. I always loved that name. And he was the dirtiest guy around back in the 70s. Played for the then St. Louis Cardinals. Mustache, would like stomp on your leg, bite you allegedly. Conrad Dobler, the guy who... Was regarded as the dirtiest player in football back in the days when football
2: was far more rough and tumble than it is today. Conrad Dobler. Yeah, that's a it's an amazing name. I mean, I, I I learned about him. What was what commercials were those when I was young? Uh, wasn't he on what was it? Was it, do you remember the beer commercials? Conrad Dobler. The Miller Lite commercials. Miller Lite commercials, right? That's where I first you know learned of Conrad Dobler. Yeah, great name, really is. There's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, We got to make sure we rattle off some of these at the end. Jack Youngblood will be my my last pick. Yes, yes, well done. Jack Youngblood, I mean, come on. I mean, it's just defense and guy that plays with a broken leg. He's like, so what? My blood's young. I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to go knock some blood out of that quarterback. I mean, just screams, football, toughness, defense alignment, like classic name. First and maybe only guy, along with his brother Jim,
1: who had his full name on the back of his jersey. Yeah, right, right. I need to find an old Jack Youngblood jersey. It said Jack Youngblood. I always thought that was so awesome. They both played for the Rams, and you couldn't do J. You couldn't do J because they're both J. So they said, what the hell? Jack Youngblood, Jim Youngblood. It was awesome. Awesome. But yes, I I met him at a Super Bowl one time, and it was maybe 7, 10 years ago. I still think he could have kicked some ass then. Oh, I'm sure he kind of. Uh, he looks yeah. like
2: it. Yeah, he looks like he's a, just a naturally big, broad-shouldered guy.
1: Last one for me, and then we're going to take a break. When I was looking up some great football names, this is a guy I'd never heard of. He played back in the days when I first discovered football. He was a kicker for the Eagles, and his name was Happy Feller. <laughs> That's amazing. Happy happy feller i don't know how happy he was he didn't play for very long so he must not have been very happy let's go ahead and take a break we'll wrap up this tuesday edition of pft live right after this
2: john connor night train lane webster
1: slaughter there it is jack youngblood that is awesome i gotta find myself right now i'm gonna spend the morning Wasting my time looking for an old vintage Jack Youngblood jersey with his first name on top. And, Chris, I think you're right. That looks like Cincinnati, the old Riverfront Stadium, the multi-purpose. You can see the orange over there and the white uh, Jack Youngblood. Collinsworth. Collinsworth Collinsworth's
2: probably over there playing. Yeah. What, what, other names, what other names did you have on your list? Uh, John Connor is one that, I mean, I, I wanted to draft that. And the, he was short career. You might remember him fullback for the Jets. Fullback yeah, for the Jets, yeah. Kind of became a thing up here. I mean, come on, when, when you're a fullback and you're the Terminator, that's a pretty good one. I did also write down LT, whether you want to go, I mean, it's just a great name. Webster Slaughter, that was another one. Prince Amukamara. that was just some of the other ones I had on my list. Peerless Price as well. Peerless Price is a good one. You mentioned – who did you mention? Night Train
1: Lane. Oh, nice. Although that was yeah. – nickname. That's an awesome name. Dick Night Train Lane. That, that's just one of those There was like a mystique. Like he, he played well before I discovered football, but you'd hear about Night Train right. Lane, and you there was did. just something magical about yeah, that. right. Uh, Richie Incognito is a great name. <laughs> really, because there's nothing incognito it is a, about it him. Is, <laughs> it is a
2: great name. <laughs> it, it really is. is. It really is. <laughs> what and, about and, the old tight end from the Bears, Cap Bozo? Remember him? Yeah, Cap Boso. Yeah. I remember Cap <laughs> Boso.
1: And, and I, I, all of the announcers have been confounded in recent years by the receiver on the Saints, little Jordan Humphrey. I love that one, too. <laughs> I do too. That's a on good that one. On that note, on that note, and we didn't say shitload again. Oops. See ya. See you
2: tomorrow. <laughs> Bam.
0: <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?